Well, what an amazing thing, Julian. What is that sound we're listening to? Yes, we're not in the park anymore, Alan. We are back to the studio. It's a pretty wonderful thing as well, because for the first time in months and months and months, we're not surrounded by birds, cyclists or screaming children. That's true. I kind of miss it a little bit. Not the... It was out sometimes to be called because of the noise, you know, but it was very, I don't know, refreshing. So, but the studio is cool for other matter, you know. Well, it is a bit cool, though. Today it's actually a little bit warm, but uh, it, it is quite nice. And actually, we haven't been here for a long time because before we hit the park during the much dreaded lockdown, uh, we were recording a lot at the gym. And now, of course, uh, the gyms are opening their doors to people and how long do you think before the world of gym going gets back to normal well we don't know for sure but probably you know this is going to be fairly quiet you know it's all about the offices you know when you in covent garden we are soon a very touristic area so it's uh it depends on how many people will be willing to travel to covent garden and visit again and we we know it's not going to be a full-on thing so I can imagine, like, we will have to wait a proper September to restart, I mean, to restart, to start properly the year. And before that, it will be a kind of a 50-50 um, um, business. Well, it's certainly a transition period. So um, it's good to be back, though. That is certainly true. And uh, what are we talking about yammering away at the microphone this month on the Two Guys on Fitness podcast, Julian Bertharat? Uh, this month, Alan, we are doing lifelong fitness. Well, that sounds pretty exciting. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what lifelong fitness is, or I've got a funny feeling you're going to tell us. So shall we get this episode of the podcast from the studio started? Let's do it. Well, hello, 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 and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Two Guys on Fitness, the podcast for guys and gals who go to the gym and like to follow a fit lifestyle. You're listening to me, Alan Teresa. I'm not really very much of a gym guy, though I do like to uh, keep my hand in. And you're also listening to... And to me, Julien Bertoir, rugby guy, personal trainer and fitness enthusiast. He is indeed very enthusiastic where fitness is concerned. And we're coming to you live from London in wonderful sunny England, though it's not very sunny in the studio we're in right now for slightly obvious reasons. And each month we talk health, fitness and exercise for anybody who wants to listen to we two guys here yabbering away. And this month we're doing lifelong fitness, which means what exactly? Julian Berthrat, professional fitness guy. It means like, you know, when you start training, you easily find goals, you know, like the first few months, years, you know, you want to get six bags for the man, I guess. You want to prepare a wedding, a competition, the next holiday. At the beginning, it's kind of easy to find what you're training for. But then it comes to a point like uh, life goes on and uh, get on his way, really, of your own training. And you can get married, you can have kids, you can have new job, you can have all these things are change your priority. However, it's uh, one of the main things when you train and uh, in life in general is to go the distance, you know. And I find that now after 10 years training people, I am at this crossroad as well. You know, I've been playing rugby for most part of my life. However, I need to refresh my targets in order to keep going, you know. And I think this is um, what a noble cause and what an 
really the main cause uh, when you train that you want to go the distance, you know, to not feel the edge, to live longer, better, to enjoy life, to enjoy your your family, your friends, your to give you to buy time to push back this finish line. So that is what is about long life fitness. Well, uh, that's quite a headfall right there and then. Um, and to get the ball rolling this month, we had a chat with an executive coach called David Alcock, who gave us his take on lifelong fitness. Now, David is a gym guy himself. So before Julian and I start the big yabba, let's have a little listen to what David Alcock has to say on the matter of lifelong fitness. Hello, I'm David Alcock and I'm an executive coach based in London, uh, but I also work with clients um, around the UK. And I classically work with clients to help them understand what it is they're trying to achieve in uh, their work uh, and personal life um, and give them the focus in terms of how they're going to deliver that. I also blog around uh, my coaching uh, and write newsletters, etc., around various subjects relating to executive coaching. I also exercise regularly, uh, I always have done, uh, and really enjoy uh, exercise and, and keeping fit generally. I typically train uh, prior to lockdown uh, in a gym, a gym in London, Jubilee Hall Trust, which is a gym I've been using for many years and really like it. It's got a really nice feel to it and really friendly uh, and some great kit and uh, really nice natural light, etc. Uh, and I've been doing, I've been working out there probably for sort of 10 years or so, um, classically three or four times a week uh, and typically for an hour. So I kind of get in there, do what I need to do and, and get out really. Um, and I do it, I've, I've always worked out, I've always enjoyed working out. I find it quite a nice way to um, switch off and forget about uh, some of the other stuff that goes on in, in life, etc. So it's quite a nice release for, um, uh, for an hour, three or four times a week. Uh, and I also find it quite social. I enjoy the fact that, you know, you know lots of people there and, um, and so it's quite a nice release in, in that sense as well. I think uh, in terms of physical health and mental health, I think there's a real close handshake here. Uh, I think if you were feeling physically uh, in better condition, then it certainly helps you feel more healthy mentally. Uh, and I think uh, partly that um, opportunity to kind of switch off from some of the other stuff in life. Probably also the kind of the natural high that you get after um, working out is positive. And I think also probably the fact that you, the fact that you feel like you're investing in your body to some degree when you work out has a positive effect on your mental well-being um, in the sense that you've been investing on you, in yourself. Um, so all in all, I think there's a real close proximity between the mental and the physical exercise piece. I think uh, as an executive coach, um, I quite often actually end up with clients who, uh, particularly if they're working on their resilience or um, how to find how to schedule more time in for themselves in their daily routine, uh, how to switch off. More and more, I'm finding people talking about uh, going out rowing, doing Zumba classes. Um, going swimming, just taking the dogs for a walk. Um, and quite often some of those conversations are really just about people um, making that time in their day or their week um, or their schedule, often a busy schedule, they're kind of like hard coding it in so that um, it becomes sacrosanct and they make time 
uh, to make it happen and in doing so make time for their physical health and in doing so also their mental health and in doing so hopefully uh, just general well-being and, um, and, and contentment. So uh, if any of that is uh, of interest you can always have a look on my website where there'll be upcoming blogs on various subjects over the coming months and my website is davidolcockcoach.com. So that's David Alcock there, uh, an executive coach that uh, also works out at the gym, uh, talking about his uh, approach to fitness, which is very much balanced between the mental, the physical, and to a certain degree, the social, um, in terms of understanding the theory of lifelong fitness, Julian, does that marry with your view on what it is? Yeah, completely. It's... uh... For me, when I hear what David uh, did say, it's, uh, it makes totally sense. And I, to be honest, I'm talking to my clients uh, a bit in the same way. It's um, a training. It's, um, how to put it, it's the thing. It's, uh, I come from rugby, so you, I train to be ready for the game. And I think the misunderstanding people might have if the game is not the training. You know, if you, if I... How to put it in another way is you trying to face, you know, what's going to be in your life, you know, your job, and it prepares you mentally to be able to um, find solution. You know, it's, um, I read some article about people before an interview, especially traders or people like that, they've been recommended to go for a run because it kind of empty your mind. And uh, release endorphin, of course. And in that way, you're more ready, more settled for the to, to for the interview, you know. So it's it's definitely that. I think sometimes people train too hard in the gym; they get tired. And I want to re- uh, to repeat here again: it's not you should not be overtired of, of training session. You should be re-energized. And I think it's really the point here: body and mind go together. You can't make your body and mind tired. Because if you're tired, you're not going to be going to see things clearly after. Um, so, yeah, and David is completely right about this uh, resilience. You know, it's uh, it's very important. Your body and your mind work together. But when clients uh, come to you and they say uh, they want to get fit, uh, I'm going to guess now that a lot of the time they come to you because they're overweight or they're underweight and they want to bulk up with muscle. Uh my assumption is that um, mental or social and physical balance is pretty low on their list. Is, do you think that's correct? Yeah, it is correct. I mean, mainly in my job, people come to lose weight, to gain weight, muscle weight, I mean, uh, or just to basically maintain a distant fitness level. And I, and I, of course, listen at first and I agree and try to find a solution with them to achieve their goal. And I always kind of, try to put everything back into perspective because, you know, there is nothing higher, more noble than your own life. And again, uh, next, it's also this notion of time, how to buy time to do things, to achieve things, to explore, to do whatever you want to do with it. And uh, so it's all about uh, set up realistic goals and also um, in, in um in the, in the future as well, to not like too many people uh, want results within few weeks and months. Sometimes there is a uh, result come from on many, many ways, like 
psychologically, you help people to see the training, to learn, they need to you teach them a discipline, a routine, uh, to work on a technique, to understand what's going on. So I think it's not only physical, it's also uh, uh, it's a mind things. And, uh, and my job is to remind them it's both, not only just physical, you know. Now, there's a, a certain amount of debate, uh, particularly at the moment, which is about super aging, which I somehow feel is related to this uh, discussion. How much do you think physical exercise uh, can play a positive role in extending people's active lifespans? And if so, by how much? Well, I mean, this is well known now and well backed up by statistics and studies. It's quite important. So it's over the world you got like uh, what scientists, a doctor call blue zone. So a blue zone is a kind of geographically a zone where you find uh, heights or abnormal, abnormal concentration of people over 80, 100, I mean. And so they try to understand uh, some of them are in Chile, Italy. So there's, it's not like a specific area in the world. It's just a bit everywhere patches, you know, of a group of people. And so they try to understand why those people are living longer. And there's three factors coming all over again. So the main, the first one is um, they eat local food. So you understand non-processed food. And that's important. Uh, the second um, aspect is they kind of have a non-stressful life. Most of the time, it's a kind of village. It's not active uh, city life. So they kind of relax a bit more and are not stressed about, I don't know, you know, I guess like paying a mortgage, rent or things like that. Uh, and the third part is, you know what I'm going to say, it's about exercising. This village do not have necessarily a gym around, but they are always sometime in a... Um, um, access, difficult access. So you have to climb a little bit, you have to walk, to walk uphill. And it seems like these three factors together are uh, the uh, magic, you know, uh, number for the magic key for the longer life. So, you know, non-processed food, local food, uh, you got uh, the manage your stress properly, okay? And the exercise, you know, and I think it's, especially nowadays, just after the lockdown, uh, people will discover the joy of buying stuff locally. And uh, that's something people should uh, remember when uh, life back to normal. And in terms of uh, exercise and diet, where's the balance between those two things and extending your life? Is it the case that you have to get something like a 50-50 balance? Or is it actually the case that one is more important than the other? Well, I think the everything goes together. So, for example, uh, we talk about the stress. If you are stressed, you're likely to eat more food, you know, because there's a relation between your mind and the way we perceive, we, we deal with the stress. A lot of people deal with the stress with maybe drinking more alcohol, eating more chocolate, fat food. And the problem with that, especially in obesity, is you kind of, it's a vicious circle. It's like a drugs, an addiction. So you eat more and more to feel better. And um, it's a, again, it's a balance between, in fitness, the problem sometimes they say it's, the diet is everything. Well, I think that's a misunderstanding. Um, it's not a misunderstanding, but it's, it's not accurate. Of course, what you eat is going to give you a, a better body, the right body. But we can't just like 
you know, what is your life about? What, uh, what is your job? Where do you live? All this situation at home, all these things um, interfere in your life. And it's just like not as simple as, you know, you just need to eat the right thing. The free factor is basically when I say managing your stress is let's turn it in a, another way. How you deal with your life is work the one you want to do, you love to do, or it just pay the bill, or these kind of things, you know. And then you will eat normally, you know, like you will kind of, you will not stress out and eat chocolate because you came back after a long journey uh, at work where, you know, a job you don't like. And uh, it's not as simple. So, and then uh, training play an important part because it kind of uh, temper, tame this um, um, stress you have in life. So it's a balance of everything because you can have a job you don't like. The answer is not necessarily a lot more training. It's, you see, you have to balance every factor we just mentioned. And finally, what's the uh, mental aspect of uh, the lifelong fitness triangle, if I can use a slightly pretentious uh, phrase? Uh, is it a case of you need to develop a kind of robust attitude and a strong character to be able to deal with the challenges you face, or is it more sophisticated than that? Well, I think like I, uh, I start a couple of years ago training, uh, teaching a class for people over 60. And I, I always aim, uh, when I talk to those people uh, over 60, 65, 70 and on, um, I always say to them, like, because it could be my parents for, and I always say you should aim for more just not like maintenance you know i um uh, i the way people uh we deal in country with uh, we put our elder in a care home and it's just like it's just like a way to say to them like sit tight sleep and go to bed and, and basically die and I, I really don't want that when i train people doesn't matter if they are 60 50 40 of course you adapt the training but always aiming for longer life and better life. And NHS itself, uh, when it comes to elder people, um, there is no restriction. They, they should, you should train when you're 60 or 70, like if you are 20. Okay, of course, I know we're going to say so we don't, obviously it's hard to, to believe it's possible, but it's kind of, that's a point you should aim for. You know, you should train like when you were younger. I don't really change my way of, my, the intensity I train, with is not different than when I was 25, 30, 10 years ago. And I intend to keep going when I will be 50. It's, but that's true that you need to add for, for example, more coordination exercise and stretching when you get older. But except these two little things, well, keep training as usual, you know. So there you go. Uh, the triangle that is lifelong fitness. And we just want to say a big thank you to David Alcock there for starting the ball rolling on the conversation and if you want to find out more about what he does you can check him out at davidalcockcoach.com yeah that's right alan uh i did enjoy also uh, david uh, message and um i think it's quite good to to hear people like that to help other people to structure um their day and their goals in order to reach you know to be efficient you know and uh, David is your man, if uh, that's what you need. He most certainly is.
Today's show is brought to you by Jubilee Hall Gym, Covent Garden. Need an effective workout using state-of-the-art equipment in the heart of London's West End? Then check out Jubilee Hall Gym on the corner of Covent Garden, where you can also check out the gym's sauna, as well as a whole host of great fitness classes. Join online for £53 a month, and there is no need to pay for a minimum term contract when joining. Or you can use the gym on a day pass basis. Find out more at jubileehallgym.co.uk or telephone 020-7836-4007 to work out at Jubilee Hall Gym, Covent Garden. Every month on the podcast, we have a good pick at the brain of Julian Bertrand to find out what is his... Julian's Fitness Tip of the Month. So tell me, Julian, what is your Fitness Tip of the Month this month? Alan, have you ever struggled to cook at home? Like most people, Julian, sometimes time just runs away from me and I indeed struggle to cook myself a meal. Well, I can't say I'm, <laughs> I was like, uh, I might be fine, but you know, cooking sometimes it's, um, you know, it is, you just don't spend enough time to do it. So you just like uh, microwave something and that's it. But obviously over the last 10 years, people ask me a lot of questions about diet, cooking, and you know, you have to, you have to have a good thought about it for yourself and as a response for your client or, or members, you know. And um, yeah, here's some tips I think to when it comes to cooking. I think like, you know, we talk uh, a lot about non-processed food and I think the vegetables are always a good idea. They help you to digest um, better what you eat. And you know, sometimes people get their belly bloated because they eat too much bread or things like that. And I think like people uh, undermine Uh, the vegetables too much sometimes in their meal. So I personally like chicory, uh, you know, the iceberg salads, these kind of things. I always a nice meal, you know. And I also recommend like to prepare your own vinaigrette, you know, things, to not buy an already made one. It's very simple, you know, like two, two um, soup spoon, large spoon of uh, olive oil, one spoon of, you know, uh, balsamic vinegar. It's a It's a simple feast to do, it doesn't take too long and just you just have to add your some nice prawn on it, something like that. But the important thing is to target non-processed food. And it's not so easy now, you know, because <laughs> they are a bit everywhere in supermarket. And um, but yeah, just buy vegetables, they, they rarely transform. Uh, spend some money on uh, olive oil peppers, stuff like that. It's important, you know, they are slightly processed food. That's why you need to spend on those kind of uh, products uh, some money to get a good one. And uh, yeah, target organic, you know, if you can. They are slightly more expensive, but you know, they are better. And also don't forget the little fish, sardine, mackerel, they are very cheap and very good for you. So don't forget all these little fish, cheap, remember. And for people who got the low budget, as I just like as I say, little fish, little dry toast, uh, vegetables, you know, this is very simple, you know, to get. So there you go there. Julian talking about his little fish. He loves his little fish. Uh, regular listeners to the podcast will be aware he 
tends to dip into the little barrel of little fishes on a regular basis. But little fishes or big fishes, doesn't matter because that was... Julian's fitness tip of the month. So every month on the podcast, we dip into the reader's questions bag and we take out two questions sent into us and we then have a little chin wag about them uh, and hopefully we uh, give some good advice along the way. So let's get started, Julian, with the first one. And I've printed it out here, as always. Let's have a little old look. And this is from, bear with, bear, bear with me, this is from uh, Mimi. Mimi, what a name. This is from Mimi in Welling, who has contacted us through our Facebook page. And Mimi asked the following. Should I be concerned about returning to the gym? I used to go and then I stopped before the lockdown but have not been back since. I like the classes, but mainly the equipment. During the lockdown, I cycled more and I exercise with remote classes. Should I go back to the gym and what precautions should I take if I do so? What do you think, Julian? Should Mimi go back to the gym? And if she does, what precautions should she take? Yeah, of course, I think it's uh, Mimi can, you can go back to the gym. Uh, gym now uh, will follow some, uh, will follow the government rules anyway, with, about the cleaning, the social distancing, and you will have plenty of uh, cleaning product, you know, for, uh, for yourself to clean your hand, the bench and the machine after use. And you have a, you're going to have a limited uh, number of members on the gym floor at the same time. But I think you should go. What I would just say is, uh, you mentioned like you did run outside and uh, and do remote classes. Uh, but obviously, I personally, uh, classes better facing a real person in the class, you know, because of the atmosphere, because of the teacher itself. Uh, I think it's better, but that's my point of view. And uh, I'm sure you share that point of view. But um, yeah, try to remember that when you were outside, you did run. Try to keep this um, aspect of running cardio when you go back to the gym. Do not forget that the best training are always the one when you can mix uh, cardio and weight. So keep remembering, keep moving on. Don't be too static on the gym floor. Don't take too much time uh, between break. Um, yeah, just keep this, um, if I can say, this freshness from the outdoor training and bring it indoor, okay? Yeah, I like that. Don't give up, Mimi. That's the important thing uh, because otherwise terrible things start to happen. And at the end of the day, you've got to get back in, into the real world uh, and get on with life. Okay, question number two. What have you got up your sleeve, Julian Bertram? Well, I've got from Carl in Frankfurt, uh, who has emailed us to ask the following questions. So, hi, you guys. I want to get big and I want to know how long and if there are any acts to get there. I'm 33, average build, I swim and I play football. I started the gym about a year ago and I'm more interested in building up than I used to be. Any tips? Well, how interesting considering a minute ago we were talking about lifelong fitness because this is very much a question of aesthetics, I think, which is something we talk about regularly. Any tips, Julian, to getting bigger? Hello, Carl. So thank you for your question. Well, first things to say, and that's important, you are already active. Swimming is great. Playing football is great. Um, any collective sport is great because obviously that makes you, you have to run around with the ball and, uh, you know, find a collective strategy and all that and that's good for the brain 
uh, swimming is harder, obviously, uh, and it's more like a one-to-one um, -one thing. And you, but you use the water resistance. It's quite interesting. So now, when you go back to the gym, so you you're asking if there is any axe, and obviously, you know, I'm gonna say there is no axe, or at least no natural one. So yeah, it takes time. Um, the, one of the main things to get bigger, it's basically two things is to eat more and to lift heavier but gradually obviously uh, so that's the main two tips but just be careful when you eat more and uh, when you lift more uh, the downside of this is to get more pain into your joints so you're likely to take maybe some painkiller so please say it's not a fatality you can still get bigger but be reasonable in this target you're 33 and i'm sure you you say yourself your average build let's target some more weight okay uh, and i insist on some more weight not like much more weight and uh, just lift a bit more uh, sometimes do some specific workout to target one group muscle like chest legs or back and uh, you know you do that for over two weeks and then you get back to something like full body keep incorporating your some core during your session to get done and uh, yeah I think you should be fine and you can go online uh, on the net you got plenty of advice but remember just be be smart about it gradually okay that's why there is no axe yeah there are no shortcuts uh, apart from steroids I guess uh, because that's a shortcut isn't it lots of guys take steroids Julian yeah uh, well you know it's a kind of a taboo subject in gym because no one will you will tell you with a straight face uh, I'm using it it's uh, but in UK like uh, in France I believe it's about like seven people out of ten on the gym floor uh, are using it or did use it in a in a past it's huge you know it's um, um, it's uh, and I kind of understand it's a uh, recently I saw a documentary about it it's um, it looked like the business of steroid and other you know uh, growing hormone uh, stuff are could be bigger than the narco itself you know it's very narco business it's very um, it makes sense you know because people are we are living in a society so visual and what other people think about ourselves seems to be so important. So I understand all that. But again, if you take shortcut, you are likely to pay it uh, at some point in your life. And uh, you might damage your cartilage, taking, you know, uh, illegal substance or things like that. And then you're gonna use painkillers, you know, to uh, to cover the pain and all that. I, I just think it's not worth it. And remember, we did talk in that uh, episode. We did talk about lifelong fitness in this episode. It's don't remember, don't forget what is uh, the ultimate price about. It's about living a long, healthy life, you know, and shortcut are getting uh well they take you in a short <laughs> in shortcut i'm not getting you that far you know that is certainly true so there you go two questions answered we always answer the two questions we do enjoy it 
And so it's great when you get in touch with us, guys and gals. I'm using the term guys and girls now, have you noticed? I used to say ladies and gentlemen, but now I'm saying guys and girls. And if you do want to get in touch, you can do so through our website, twoguysonfitness.com, or through his website, julienpertoa.com. And you can also contact us through our social media, our Instagram, our Facebook, our Twitter. And if you do, we love it when you get in touch. So there you go, Julian. We're back in the studio. We're recording the podcast once more on something resembling an even keel. And you know what? I'm starting to think more about lifelong fitness and not just about how fantastically good looking I am after I go to the gym. Yes, Alan, that's the way to say it. Um, I would say that, uh, yeah, it's um, it's good over years to uh, refresh your target and your your vision of things and always be willing to discover and try new things because ultimately that's this constant adaptation that will keep you on and look uh, forward into your life. That's the spirit, Julian. Uh, more of a philosophical ending than we usually have. And remember, guys, if you want to listen to us, you can do so on Podomatic, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, and Pocket Casts. And remember, when you do, enjoy your workouts.